Or this is not the Metal Moment Podcast or the Japanese Metalhead Show. This is Hosein Arachiaki. We're going to do food of the moment today. It's October 11th, 2000. So food of the moment. It's been a while since we did the last one, but uh, let's do some talking, drinking, and eating with Michael Butler at Yuraku this time. But before we get into that, let's listen to some classic Bon Jovi. This is uh, Tokyo Road. Include Extreme King Sex Vanilline 3 Gary Sharon The Roth Show The State of Broadcasting Butler Bites The Ultimate Dog Treat Touring with Warrant Dio 
Don Dawkin, Rat, ACDC Beer, Joe Berry Beer, Iron Maiden Beer. This guy turns me around, he's pointing up the stairs. I found myself in the doorway, but there wasn't anybody there. She walked in the room with nothing on. So that was Tokyo Road from Bon Jovi's classic album released back in 1985. 7,800 Fahrenheit. Okay. Alright, let's quit this effect already. Alright, let me turn this off. John Bon Jovi style. So, cheers to that. I'm out of beer. Kanpai chin chin chayo. Otsukara chan. Before we get any further. Um, if you are at Starbucks, uh, latte. If you are at a bar, uh, let me just pour this in. All right, cool harmony line. Harmony line is where the beer and the suds meet. And it must be at the perfect place. On some of the glasses, like the Sahi glasses, um, it indicates where the harmony line is. So you basically want to get the beer and the suds to basically meet up where the line is. And that's where the whole harmony is, right? All right, so uh, what was I talking? Oh, so if you are at a bar, um, you are not listening to this right now because you're checking out the chick right beside you. But if you're the gal that's sitting right beside the dude that's checking you out... You're probably there to stare at the bartender that's probably young and cute. So you're not listening to this show right now. Boo to the moment. If you are on a train, um, subway perhaps, in Japan in Rabungi, you could be in Shibuya. Or you could be in Hokkaido. Don't miss your stop. If you are sitting from the computer... Or if you have your iPhone, iPad, iPad mini, Android device. Um, and if you're listening to this, you're at a safe place. Um, real quick one. Come by Chin Chin Chayo. Let's cut it down. Right. So I haven't done uh, food at the moment in, um, in maybe a year, right? It's something that... Um, 
it's not even called food at the moment. We, it's that's what I think I'm calling it, and it's something that um, Michael Butler and I uh, were talking about this probably a year and a half ago, and we're like, let's just go and eat, and uh, just talk rock, um, talk food, and just see how it flows. And uh, we did it twice, I think. The first time I interviewed Michael Butler, rock and roll geek, longest running uh, music podcast. He just had his 10th anniversary. Um, And to me, he was a mentor. Uh, He continues to be my mentor, but, you know, started, you know, hanging out. And I, I mean, I am very grateful for that, for his time and everything. But so, um... I think last year we're like, let's just record something. And we did. Um, and, and I, I, I don't know for me, I think the difficulty is like when we meet up and record for me, I'm like, I got to figure out what, like what we are going to talk about. And that's, I didn't like that part of it because the, the podcast, the beauty of podcasting is basically you could just go. It doesn't really matter because you know what? At the end of the day, nobody's listening to the show or to you. Okay. And I think with that mentality, um, a lot of people are concerned about, you know, how many downloads they get, how many listeners they have. And yeah, it's, it's, it's all cool and dandy, but Michael Butler, I think after talking to him, to him uh, for a long time, he he's like, who cares, man? Nobody's listening to this anyway, so just do what you want to do. But the most important thing is just be yourself and talk. And I still have a hard time doing it. Like right now, when I'm talking to you, it's, I'm still, I don't talk the way I'm talking right now, naturally, but I am trying to be more natural, right? But that's the unnatural part, you know, because you're kind of self-conscious about what you're saying, how you're presenting things. So for me, um, you know, we said let's let's uh let's go and eat. Um, I go to a place every Saturday actually I go to a place called Yuraku in San Mateo, um, the Bay Area. And uh, it got me thinking, like, why do I go there on a weekly basis, uh, religiously, basically? And it's, I'm like, why do I go there? They serve, um, it's Japanese-style Chinese food. Um, It's family-run. It's the dad and the mom and the three daughters, right? And uh, they're Japanese. And I think... One of the first reasons I started going there was because it, it's I could get I get to sit on the counter. I don't by myself. I like going by myself actually, and I'm like, why do I like going there by myself? You know, and the food is good, fantastic because they they I everything that they have there they serve there. I mean, they really make it like restaurants, man, it's 24 seven. Cause when you think they close, they're not actually closed. Cause they're actually preparing, for instance, gyoza, they're like dumplings, right? After they close, they start making, you know, the, um, the pork, they mix all the vegetables and they make these little balls, right? Meatball looking things. And, uh, they basically wrap 
the raw um, uh, dumplings, the flour, okay? And uh, they have to prepare it for the following day because when they get an order, then they cook it. They put it on a fry pan. So it takes a little while. Like when you order gyoza at Yuraku, it takes a little longer than you expect. But the deal is they're not just giving you something that's pre-cooked or something that a lot of places, they actually buy frozen ones. A lot of places have them all done and they just heat them up in the microwave. But them, they hand-wrapped it the night before. It's all sitting there ready to go. When the order comes in, they start putting it on the frying pan. Um, so, long story short, I don't even know what I'm talking about right now at this point, but the reason why I go there is because it has that homely touch. And when I was a kid, I think when you're a kid, the you always have your mom saying, come back for dinner, come back for lunch. Okay, And you're like, no, I want to go play with my friends. But... When you, when you become my age, you look back and you're like, yeah, the finest moments, I think, in a family structure is when the family was sitting at the dinner table and you're eating your dad or your mother's home-cooked food in Japan, pretty much 99.9%, the mom was the cook. It was a family flavor. It was something that she learned from her mother, right? It was passed on. And uh, I wasn't able to appreciate that when I was young because I wanted to go out and play. But now, thinking back, that flavor, okay, it was our family tradition. And when you're there as a family, right, it's... I don't know, just, I think it formed this, like, family to this core, which is very important, and it's something that I'm missing right now, because since the late 80s, um, my family was back in Japan, and I moved to the U.S., and I think I'm missing that, you know, so once a week on Saturday, I get to go to Yuraku, family run, the dad cooks, the mom helps, and the daughters, his three daughters, beautiful daughters, you know, serve. And uh, I sit down. I listen to their conversation. A lot of the customers that come to Yulaku and Samitel, they're Japanese. And I get to listen to them, you know, have a conversation. And I'm just sitting there, usually at the bar by myself, eating. And, you know, having a nice uh, real quick sip right here. Asahi, and they have the Asahi that they bring from Japan. A lot of places, Asahi is made by um, cores, basically, but they do have the keg that's directly imported from Japan, so it's a real deal. It's very coolio. Um, so I think that's why I'm gravitated to going back there every week and just I get to relax. I get to go home to Japan and feel my culture once a week. So, all right. So, on uh, Friday night, I just texted Michael Butler and I was like, hey, I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to be passing by. I'm going to be there around noon. Do you want to join me? And he's like, yeah, cool. So um, that is this food of the moment. It's at Yuraku. 
uh, we sat down, we started talking a little bit and we started going on in tangents, talking about his, uh, dog food business, Butler Bites. And, uh, I always carry a recorder with me, a Zoom H1. I haven't uh, used it in like six months, I think, ever since that George Lynch interview. Um, but I'm like, Mike, you want to record this? Or you just want to, can I just, let's just put this recorder here and let's just talk and see what happens. Um, maybe it'll be fun. <laughs> so I thought, and this, I mean, to me, this is, it's, I like it, you know, we're just talking, whatever. I'm not really, or he's not really thinking about what he needs to talk about. It just comes up. So random things came up. Um, John Bon Jovi style. I already mentioned some of the things, but that's what this recording is. And I had like about two hours worth and it was like super long. And I'm like, if it's, yeah, it's too much. So I cut it down to 40 minutes on this one. Some of the other talks that we did about Taco Wasabi, Kakuni, uh, losing domain names because his daughter recently lost a domain name because the father, Michael Butler, ex-bassist uh, for Exodus, ex-bassist for um, Jet Boy, as well as American Heartbreak. Um, yeah, <laughs> he basically forgot to register his daughter's domain name. So we talk about that, talk about GoDaddy, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Other things too. A lot of things about food. Um, talk about Inside Metal, uh, a documentary that Bob Nalbandian just created and was uh, very nice enough to send us a copy. So, uh, yeah, the first, uh, this one is probably going to be the longest, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe... In a few days, I'll just release the other ones as like short five minute, 10 minute clips. But I don't know. I love this stuff, man. I like it. And hopefully you will get something out of it. And uh, it's just on a nice Saturday um, in a homely environment, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, for me, I, at least. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I have a lot of questions for Michael, what he's been up to with his uh, personal dog treat business. So we talk a lot of that and talk a little rock. So hopefully you'll enjoy. So just sharing the moment, I guess, with you, my friends, and, uh, yeah, and Michael Butler. So thank you. Somebody's coming home, so uh, I'm going to cut out. Come by, chin chin Let's cut it down. It's going to be in English, so here we go. This is at uh, Yuraku Cemetery in California, uh, probably 16 miles away from San Francisco. It's probably five minutes away from SFO, which is San Francisco International Airport. So I hope you enjoy and uh, thank you. Good night. Ohayou gozaimasu. Maybe you're having lunch. But uh, the best time to listen to food of the moment is when you're kicking back, man. Just nice cold brewski uh, beverage of your choice. It could be the Iron Maiden Trooper. 
Right. Right. So, all right. See you next time. Uh, Metalmom.com is where I can be found. All the links are there. And for Michael Butler, it's rockandrollgeek.com. Fantastic guy, fantastic friend, fantastic food lover, dog lover, yeah, fantastic musician. So, all right. This is not the Metal Moin Podcast or the Japanese Metalhead Show. Today, it's, or we call it, Food of the Moment. All right. Lights. Chinese, uh, and they put the bean sprouts and the onions. Yeah, the onions of the uh, Tampopo has the onions, but not the bean sprouts. I don't think Tampopo's near the buzz dry. Is what is it? It's yeah, too dry. It's a little, a little yeah. lower, we'll taste this one. Yeah, liver should be barely cooked. Usually in Japan, if they don't give you um, the spoon to serve, you basically you flip your chopstick over to the back and you pick it up that way and you flip it over. Yeah. Huh? 
No problem. No problem. Kind of dirty though, because and then you're kind of holding on this end anyways with your hands. Yeah, you get food on your hand. Yeah. So the thing to do is just put it on your plate. Recording. Yeah. Although when they, they make these handy devices, they should make it a little bit more clear. Because I did the Nuno Betancourt interview, the whole thing, I basically, the device was on, and when I hit record, I actually turned it off, and I was doing the whole interview. Oh, you see, with you it off. lost the whole interview? Oh, yeah. Bummer. <laughs> was that at Rihanna show? Uh, it wasn't at the Rihanna show, but we were just talking about Rihanna and stuff. It was like... <laughs> what was that, in Japan? No, no, it was at the Fillmore. Oh, yeah. Oh, Extreme played the Fillmore? Yeah. Oh. So this was a couple of years back, but he was just hanging out outside. So. I hate when that happens. Yeah, so that show, um, King's X opened up for Extreme. Mm. But and then when King's X finished their set, half the place cleared out. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Yeah. We saw Extreme re reunited at NAMM once. Okay, good, good. They had a big, great intro build up for the band yeah. and they started playing like five minutes after. Like five minutes of silence after this big opening. I saw Extreme play at Slim, or not Slim's, at the Stone many years it's ago. Back in like 90, 91? Probably something yeah. like that. Yeah. The singer was wearing one shoe. Yeah. I think that was his, his gimmick. And his other gimmick is on one of the eyes, he puts like, he puts uh, masking tape or something like that in a cross design. One of the things like, when Gary Sharon, you know, when he was in uh, Van Halen 3, the album's pretty good. And then uh, he's walking on, I already had the album, this was back in what, early 90s? I already had the album, but and then I was walking on Hate Street, and then Reckless Records, they had it for 99 cents used, so I bought all five for the hell of it just because uh, it was 99 cents. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, the album's good. A lot of people don't like it. but on the cover of yeah. asking for criticism. Yeah, Van Halen 3. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the thing with him is he doesn't fit Van Halen just because of the way he dances on stage. You he know? knew that, too. Yeah. And I, I think the whole story is Extreme's manager was managing... Van Halen, vice versa, mm -hmm. and then they just basically said, "All right, let's just get Gary Sharon." And some of the interviews that I read about, you know, Gary Sharon, he's like, "Yeah, I, you know, I, I like the Van Halen band and this and this and that." But <clears throat> reality is, when Gary Sharon got the gig, he called up Nuno Betancourt and said, "Look, I don't own any of Van Halen's albums. Lend them all to me because I got to learn." Because so. I heard that that he's going to pull out all these old songs from the catalog. Uh, that, yeah, that's what I heard uh, recently, I think. But he, I, I don't mean, I don't know. I mean, if you're a fan, you would own an album, right? Yeah. So. <clears throat> I think they just made it sound like that, just because Sammy Hager was so like, I'm not going to sing any David Lee Roth era, you know, songs. 
And for Gary Sharon, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that power, right? I mean, he's not going to tell Van Halen, "Look, I'm not going to say any of that." Never heard the album. Or never and never heard any of his performances. I think the only live, um, professionally shot live, was uh, I think MTV had this Van Halen special when they were playing Sydney, and that was uh, that was aired and that was professionally shot with multi angle and stuff like that. So I think that's the only one that still exists today. I don't with Gary Sharon. Ruin them forever. David Lee Ross still have his podcast. Obviously, you do. No, no, he uh, he uh, he has his podcast still, but it's it's dormant. Yeah. You know, yeah, he hasn't done any yeah. episodes. In a long time. Must mean they're working on a Van Halen album. We got of it. He spent what a year and a half in Japan. It's nice when you could do that. You know, the luxury, flying back and forth when you want, just living. He was there the whole time getting a, a full back a tattoo huh. of the dragon. Huh. Um, and I, I mean, that was one of the reasons, right? Because you got to go back a couple times a week to get it done. And I think it was a year and a half job, so he just said, look, I'm going to live here. And while I'm here, he, for that Ross show, he was shopping that show around in Japan. Um, oh, so Japanese nobody, radio. Nobody picked it up. And basically, the company, J-Wave, I think it was J-Wave, but they picked him up, but, and then something happened at the end oh, during the signing and then the he pulled out yeah but it is one of the best podcasts out there I don't know what I, what I don't know what what I yeah. what's kind of interesting is you know how radio's still still huge right but and then lately when I'm listening to some radio they'll advertise a the radio as this is like a podcast, but it's current. So I think the radio stations are really acknowledging that people are, you know, really starting to move over to uh, listening to podcasts. Uh-huh. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of yeah. <clears throat> you just you just met with uh, Adam Curry, right? Like two, three weeks ago. Yeah, many pods over here. Yeah, how was it? I'm sorry. Like ten people sitting around the table. I only stayed for like forty-five minutes. When Adam Curry walks around, do people some people recognize him from MTV or? I don't know. He lives in Austin. I know, but when he was at the, when he was he over wasn't here, walking around, he was, we're all sitting at the table. Okay, no. Nobody said, "Here are you, Adam Curry." It was just like a neighborhood dive bar and dog patch. Okay. John Dvorak and him were there. I tried to get Oracle tickets from John Dvorak like I used to do. Oh, for the for the uh, um, Aerosmith played uh-huh. again, right? Yeah. He didn't feel like doing it. I don't think he likes to leave his house. He's like, I have to come to the city and try. There's too much trouble. Always a Giants game instead. Do you, do you like the liver? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's not enough of it, but it's good. Do you think dogs enjoy liver as much as humans do, or do they enjoy it more? 
probably dogs like it more, but I like liver. Liver's one of my favorite things. Have you ever tried the Butler bikes? Have you, like, consumed them? I, no, my brother did, though. I took him, I brought him back to Florida yeah. when I went to my mom's memorial. Yeah. And my brother was trying to be cute, so he, he tasted them. I tasted it. You know, what's it taste like? It like, tastes like blueberries and liver. Yeah. It tastes it's pretty. a little mealy with some garbanzo flour. I can't taste all of that, but it, it, it tasted pretty bad. It tastes, it, it smells, so I'm like, all right, dogs yeah, like that's sniffing. That's a pretty decent smell, though. No, but dogs like that, like sniffing, oh, right? And, and and I think that's what's the attraction of that, you know? Yeah, I mean, the ingredients are good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would, it's, it's not, I wouldn't put, if I would have this liver plate we're having, this Riva, not Rivanera, I wouldn't put blueberries and carrots. I wouldn't smush up blueberries and carrots and cook them in with it. I don't think that would taste that great. And eggs. Dogs like it. Dogs are going to eat pretty much any kind of treat that smells good. Might as well give them something that's good for them. So, I don't know. How, how did you start making the butler bites anyways? Um, I got the dehydrator for Christmas. From yeah. Amazon, right? Probably, yeah. Do you use your own code? You can't <laughs> use it. I tried. Oh, really? You don't get the credit for it. Huh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right, there so. What, uh, what brand is it? Like, how much, how much does it? caliber. Okay. How much is it, like, 100 bucks, 500 bucks? No, it's like 300 bucks. 250, right. 300 bucks. Okay. And then I have another one that my friend Don from Dog Park gave me. He had a, he saw that I got the Excalibur, so he wanted to get into dehydrating. So he went to Cabela's and bought one from Cabela's. And then originally you bought so it for the dog he, business? He got bored or with it. He gave me his. Okay. So now I have two. I have the, the Cabela's and the Excalibur. So was your did you come up with this whole plan of making uh, dog treats? And is that the reason why no, you bought I, it? Or did you just no, I, I buy bought it quote, for my wife for Christmas. But it was, but it was yours? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> she on, wanted me, to... Wait, no, uh, <laughs> do you want a gyoza? Okay, sure. Thing. Another beer. How many more beers are you going to drink? Pitchers will be cheaper. I'll probably drink maybe two. Good job. Pichato. Pichato. All right, so. <laughs> so I bought it for my wife for Christmas. Yeah. Because she had talked about wanting to, de to dehydrate fruit because we take the dogs out on the um, racing and stuff. And it's good to have out in the field, have dried fruit and beef jerky and stuff. So I bought it for her. And then we're making jerky, and I was like just Googling around, and I found a recipe for dog treats. So I made the dog treats, and then uh, I altered, and they were all right. They had rice flour and cornmeal and garlic salt in them. So I made those for a while, and I just altered the recipe, and then I found the recipe that the dog like just went nuts for. But then some, so it was just like liver and carrots, and I tried liver and and sweet potatoes, and I tried different mixtures and experimented with my dogs, and they pretty much ate all of it except for the straight um, uh, sweet potatoes. But then I then I got liver and carrots, and, and I made those, and the dogs really liked them a lot. And I started giving them to the other treat dog, dogs in the neighborhood, and some of the dogs wouldn't eat them. Why was that? I don't know. They would just turn them down. Okay. Mostly chihuahuas or smaller dogs. Look at that. It's a beautiful picture of beer right there, man. I'm going to take a picture of that. Oh, yeah. 
See what I saw this morning in the run. Oh, the run. No, you're not allowed to kill those in California. I know I'm pouring this wrong. I apologize in advance. You went right to there, and then you stop. So flip that uh, around. You see the harmony line, line right? That's yeah. where, I, where I stopped it. No, but yeah. that's where it's supposed to end up. Oh. The harmony line is basically... Yeah, it's up. So it's supposed to pour like this. Yeah. I'm afraid it's going to overflow, though. Eventually. What are you doing? So anyway, I was making... I gave them to other... Some dogs, mainly the small dogs, like chihuahuas, would spin them out. And then, just for the hell of it, I saw that um, blueberries were antioxidant and helped, you know, like a superfood. So I added blueberries to them. And all the dogs went nuts for them. And then I just tweaked the recipe out. I'm still messing. I'm still tweaking the um, formula. So it's version 1.0 right now. Now I have it where I'm, I think I have it where I like it, where they're a little softer now. Because some people said, oh, for older dogs, they need to be softer. So people were requesting that. So I started making them softer. And my dogs, the last batch I made, all the dogs were like freaking out while I was bagging them. Wanting crowding around wanting treats. See my dogs, they only have their canines left. Uh, so regardless of if it's hard or, or soft, they'll swallow it. But the softer ones are. So are you break them. You can, well, I tell people you break them in half or quarters. No, they're able to swallow because it's when when they're softer. You know, it just goes straight through. When it's hard, it gets kind of stuck. Even when I give my dogs a treat, I break them in half. You know, because they're like an inch, maybe an inch and a half squared. And I break them in half in quarters. So when did you when did you uh, start thinking that you wanted to do this as a business? Uh, when and like like how did you set everything up? Because you have your web store now, right? It wasn't my idea to start it as a business. It was my wife's idea. It was a way to get me back. Just good. Broke up for a while. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> and she got this idea to make the dark zone. So to start the dog treatments. People say, oh, they're really good treatments, you sell them. So do you have to get licensed and stuff, or how does it work yeah, in have, California? we got all that. Brian, our son, okay. he's a business savvy guy. He wanted to do everything legal and on the up and up. I would have just made them and yeah. sold them. I would have put them in a baggie and sold them and stuff. Do you think most of the people do that? Most of the... Yeah, I think okay. so. most, right. most of the home and grown business okay. places do. Then my wife, uh, a girl that works with her is an artist, and her boyfriend is like a cartoonist. And she got him to, she commissioned him to do a logo. Yeah, yeah. She gave him a picture of one of our dogs, Lafitte. Yeah. Her prized Saluki. Then he made that logo. And then. Uh, I thought you made t shirts. Well, that, that, that logo took about eight months to finally, finally get finalized because the guy's like a slacker, dude and never could give us the file. Just like pulling teeth to get the file. We eventually got it from him after like eight months. And then after that, we started you know, working on getting labels and stuff made. And that's after we got the labels made, we started show, bringing them to dog shoes and stuff. And then we just got the idea to make the shirts. So now we're in business. And we can't sell them, we can't make them fast enough. Because I do all the work. I do virtually all the work. 
sometimes my daughter daughter will help me. She's she's supposed to be the quote marketing director. So she does all the she Butler Bites Facebook, she does Instagram, that, yeah. all that stuff. Sometimes Twitter. Post, sometimes yeah. I will post on the Butler Bites Facebook page. She is a little lax in the marketing. I'm mainly marketing. She's supposed to be um, getting them in stores and stuff. I have to get her. We have we go together, and but she rarely wants to do it. And we we I can I'm making them all myself, and I can make. The most I can make is 30 bags a day, which I don't make that many bags a day. But I, I sell them faster than I make them, so I never have any in stock. So I'm constantly making fresh stock. So you, do you want to talk about the process of making, how, you know, where do you get the liver and all that stuff? I started off, when I first started making, before I started selling them, I went to a Chinese grocery store and got their liver. Um, and then once we started trying to get them in the stores, people were like, where does this meat come from? Because it's a big Chinese dog treat scare. And I said, well, maybe, you know, maybe I should start, I should start looking into um, really finding locally raised meat. So then I found a place that sold. Um, but then I moved to um, Golden Gate Meat Company, which was selling Harris Ranch, which Harris Ranch is grass fed, but they feed them corn like the last month. Yeah, so all, so the, all the meat at Harris Ranch is grass-fed until they go to Harris okay. Ranch. But I, I think I think what they do is like, I, like if you if you go to the butcher, right, and if you yeah. look at the grass-fed meat, it was 100 percent grass-fed all the way till it's complete. Like, yeah. When you look at the fresh meat, it looks kind of like purpley, right? Yeah. And then you don't see a lot of the marbling. The corn's right? supposed to make it yeah. taste better. The corn basically brings that marbling yes. in in there, but, but it's yeah. When you go to the dogs. When you go to the places that sell local dog food, you know, local dog yeah. treat places, yeah. whatever, you know, there's tons of places in San Francisco. This goes is fantastic. They make this here? Uh, they make it at nighttime. Nice. And then they just heat it up when they get the order. That's why it takes so long. So I'm anyway, you go to the places, the dog food places, and they're really, the first thing they ask is, where's the meat come from? If I told them Harris Ranch, they would have thrown me out the door. So I, I said, all right, I gotta find. So I started looking for um, grass-fed beef, and I found this yeah. place called Richard's Grass-Fed Beef. Yeah. Where are they located? Do you know? They're just outside of north of Sacramento. Okay. There, there is a closer place. Um, well, I get. I don't go to Sacramento. Okay. okay. They, they have a processor. They have a place in Oakland where I pick them up. Preferred okay, meats okay. in Oakland. And they go through Marin Sun Farms, which is a very popular... Um, yeah, I, I just picked up some Marin Sun Farms chicken, pork, and uh, ribeye yesterday. Marin Sun yeah. Farms processes Richard's grass-fed beef. So they process it, and then it goes to preferred meats in Oakland by the Coliseum. That's where I picked it up. So now I'm, use, I'm now using grass-fed beef, and it costs twice as much as what it was what I was paying them, which kind of sucks but I can't raise my prices yet give me that gyoza yeah I already put it in oh, oh yeah. Yeah. it's all done it's all mixed what do you mix with uh, they have spice? they have the pre-made one thing? and then I just added uh, pepper and then uh, it's called Nayu. yeah fantastic So now I'm using 100% grass-fed beef, and 
these organic blueberries. Some when they're in season, I'll buy them fresh organic and, and freeze them for later. But otherwise, I'll buy them frozen. You know what I just learned? Like I, like all these fruits and stuff. When actually freezing it doesn't really take away the nutrients. No, it doesn't. I didn't know that. No. Yeah. And then I think the secret is when you you blanch them for like ten seconds and then yeah. you, then you lay them out and freeze them. And when you thaw them, when you want to use them, basically, you want to actually use a microwave because the quicker you bring them back to room temperature. I don't bring them up to room temperature. Oh, when you do that, I don't, okay. When I'm making the darkies, I don't bring them up to room okay, temperature. Right. I grind them for, uh, frozen. Okay, because for, for humans, if you want to bring it back and not use it frozen, the, the trick is you want to actually bring it back as quick as possible. Uh-huh. Because if you uh, leave it out... It'll get all mushy. Because if you leave it out, actually... And let it, you know, naturally thaw. The nutrients actually, you lose a lot of the nutrients. So that's one case where a microwave is actually good using a defrost because you want to bring it back as quick as possible, and you don't lose the nutrients from it. Where the phytonutrients. I process them frozen. So if I buy them fresh, I use them fresh. And then I cook baby carrots, organic baby carrots, and then I'll add some eggs. Shells and all, uh, cage-free eggs, farm-raised eggs, California farm-raised eggs. And then I just use a bit of garbage and beef flour to keep them together. I don't use that much, just a binder, Are you rather thinking? than regular flour because, because also to not have any grain or soy or corn is also good. Dog treat, the dog companies like that too. My dogs would not care a bit, but it's telling. Do you think you'll make any other blends? I tried to. I'm, I'm starting. Like, like I don't know, he's, I don't know, maybe fish or something? I'm starting like to try to come up with the next idea, but I haven't. I don't know, sardines. I mean, it's, you know. I have to, it's going to have to experiment for a while. With sardines, a lot of omegas, omega-3, omega-6. I'm working on it, yeah. Would you ever, um, you know how a lot of people, like a lot of musicians, they put, you know, everybody does the whole wine thing, right? You have uh, Ozzy Osbourne wine or whatever. They just put their name on it. Yeah, but would you ever consider doing something like that, meaning that you would be the ghost, you know, you would you would have basically your product, but you would allow people to, no, you allow other bands to sell your product with their logos Same on there. Dog Treats? Yeah. Yeah, if they want to. I mean, I, th- I think that's, that's another way to company. do it. Or like warrant uh, dog treats. Shady Lane dog treats. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you know what? Um, the funniest thing was right after Janie Lane committed suicide, um, Warrant came up <laughs> with a Warrant wine. And the reason, it's, it's, it's really ironic because Janie Lane, I mean, his biggest issue was alcoholism, right? Huh. And to me, you know, I'm a huge Warren fan, but really? just for them to come up with uh, a wine, because <laughs> I, I was a kid, you know, I was a kid, and then I saw, you know, a tall, sexy blonde guy <laughs> singing. It was like American yeah. Heartbreak played with Warren. <laughs> really? Okay. That was so funny. What year was this? They were doing clubs. Okay. It was like uh, probably ninety something. Okay. Ninety six, maybe ninety four. Yeah, probably should 
So was the experience good playing with them? Or? Kind of a douchebag. Yeah. We called him Jimmy. Every time he walked by, we'd say, hey, Jimmy! <laughs> so out of all the, okay, out of all the bands that you played with or, you know, um, on the same stage with, Warren, I know you played with um, uh, Rat, Stephen Pearson. We toured with Jet Boy um, Stephen Pearson. Uh, what about, uh, did you ever play with Poison? Uh, you played with Dawkin, right? Not too long ago. Don Dawkin. Yeah, but George Lynch was also on the bill. So, out of all the bands, who was the coolest guy? I didn't really meet any of those guys. Don Dawkin was like, you know, we had some girls in our, in our quote, entourage or whatever. And he came up and tried to pick up some of the girls. I didn't, I didn't meet... Uh, the guitar player George Lynch. I didn't meet him. I took a picture of him wearing flip flops, though. I don't really hang out with any of those guys. I don't really have any memories of them. Brian James Dio was cool after one of the Black Sabbath. That's when you were with uh, Exodus, right? Uh -huh. They're coming back strong, huh? Exodus? Yeah. Uh -huh. Good for them. Happy for them. No, but you should try selling it like that. You know, labeling it, having bands or. Well, I'm not gonna pay any of these guys to put their name on it. No, no, you don't have to pay, right? You basically get a percentage. Right. right I'll come. Or they, or they I'll get a percentage. I'll let you be my. I'll let you be my um, the agent to get celebrity endorsements. Okay. Michael Anthony Dawkins. I mean, Michael Anthony already makes what hot sauce. Have you tried that one, uh, Michael Anthony's? Okay, no. me neither. But I had the Joe Perry Boneyard Brew. Uh, Boneyard uh, Boneyard Brew. I forget what it's called. Pretty good. What about the uh, Iron Maiden Trooper beer? I've been looking for that. I can't find it. They sell. I heard it's really good, actually. I had the ACDC beer, but I'm, I don't want to open it. Somebody sent it to me from I don't know where they from Australia or something. It's not like you could go to Safeway and pick well, those things up, or no, you, no. They sell. They supposedly carry the Iron Maiden at at uh, beverages more, but you can't find it. They're always sold out. They oh really? Okay. I heard it's good. What what rock star would good for selling dog treats? Everybody likes dogs. Everybody has dogs. We're in the right. City to be selling dog treats, that's for sure. Especially with the Chinese scare now. It's a good time. I don't know, I would probably start with sending some samples out with your you know, with yours and then say, hey. Ever think about getting in the dog treat business? No, I mean it's not really a dog treat business for them, right? It's just another merch for them, you know. They're all selling wines. They're all selling hot sauces. I wonder how their wines are actually selling. I mean, Warrant wine, another thing to put on the merch booth. Like you said, they probably buy one bottle and they just hold on to it. They never drink it. You know, It's just one of those things yeah. with the logo. Doesn't ACDC have a wine, too? I don't, I don't know. marketing director, I'll fire Martina, or you can just be another Lego, but you can be the retail marketing director. No, I was always thinking, It pays like, really well. Yeah. 
Yeah. I was always thinking like people that like good food, like humans, they like going to restaurants, right? And I don't know how the health concerns or whatever is. Another outlet aside from like dog stores or you know pet stores could be restaurants. Like dog treats at restaurants? Just, just at the counter at the checkout or something like that, you know? Yeah. You buy dollar treats in the restaurant? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's been done. Maybe it has. Maybe it hasn't. I put them at. I bring sell them at the merch booth and the Butler shows. Do they, they sell to the Butler? Buy Do they sell? I sell Every time I put them on the merch booth, I sell a few bags. But I think the thing that you keep consistent is the bite spark. Right. Okay. So depending Sandy on bites, where you put it, Sandy Hagar bites. Yeah. Uh, so for this, I mean, if we're eating it, you know, if we do it at a restaurant, Uraku it'll bites. be Uraku bites. Perfect. Okay. Sounds good. Are you Are you going to get any more puppies, or we're trying to breed our show dog? How many? How many? Right? You have Salukis? More? Okay. We have two laps. Oh, you had four Salukis. You had four okay, Salukis, wow. a Whippet, and a and a Dachshund. Yeah, but I, I didn't know you had four Salukis. Wow. Three of three of our dogs are seniors. Two of them died within two weeks. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> Rocky's the next one to go. <coughs> He's a Whippet. But we have Lafitte is the one we show. Okay. And she's in heat right now. Hopefully, we're going to be breeding her. And then, do you use that sperm bank, the no, Saluki thing? No. Okay, then. But we might have to because shit, if she doesn't get bred soon, the plan is to keep a male and a female. And I want to raise the male myself and show and handle him myself and show him. So, who started off as a. Who's, uh, was it your wife or did you start the whole. My wife. Okay, okay. And then you show dogs and so you, you run around, trot around? No, I don't. But okay. I want to. Okay, good. Only with the dog that I raised, I want to. Okay, good. Huh. We got Ollie and Kira from the rescue. So okay, good. So they're so, new to we can't she couldn't show them they were you know, So how did you get into Salukis? My wife always wanted Salukis when we lost our chihuahuas. Okay. One of our chihuahuas died and then she wanted a Saluki, so we got Ali. And then did you did you take Ali to the um, what do you call it, the, the rabbit hunts and stuff like that or no? We got Ali at four months. We just got into the um, forcing when we got Reza because the person we got Reza from was into that. Okay. Like, really that, so she took us to that. We didn't even know about that back when we got Ali. So it wasn't that you wanted to get into that sport no. for that? Okay. My wife always wanted Salukis because uh-huh. somehow she's, she's really into the Middle Eastern culture. Okay. Because if I didn't know you, I wouldn't even, you know, I mean, I would, you know, if I look at a dog, it's like, I've seen that dog before, but I would never know what it is, you know. The Salukis are like, They're more like horses than they are dogs. Is that your favorite breed now or now it is? Yeah. Now it is. When you're a kid, did you have dogs or cats uh-huh. or? I had a beagle. 
You had a beagle? Okay. Beagle's howl, right? I don't know. He died after the second day I had him. Oh, really? Tied <laughs> <laughs> him to the um, clothesline pole when I went to school and came back from school and he was dead. Strangled himself. Oh. He got walked, kept walking around the thing. How old were you? I was like eight years old. I didn't oh, know. God. <laughs> no, no, so I'm just saying, like, the first childhood trauma. Wow. It's going to be in my book. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. All right, so what about your second dog? Uh, oh. uh, then we, when I got married, we got chihuahuas. Okay. I didn't have dogs. I had cats after that. Okay. I wasn't really a big dog person until I came out here and met my wife. You don't realize until you get a dog. Because I was more of a cat person, but then once I got a dog, I was like, wow, I can't believe I haven't had a dog this year. Yeah. I remember that it was a couple years ago, right? Yeah, two, three years ago. That's a long time. That's a long life. I mean, you hear cats living for that long, you know, but you rarely hear dogs living for that long. He didn't have really any health problems either. She'd been through the mill. She'd been dropped, stepped on, laid on, bitten. Uh, recently, like I live in Pacifica, and but after storms and stuff, people's uh, fences go down, and you have all these dogs running around. So, like my dog's been attacked four times probably in the last ten years, right? and um, they're miniature schnauzers. But it really makes you realize because usually I'll listen, I'll be listening to a book or you know a podcast while I'm walking the dogs. So you really have to be alert when you're walking around. Oh, yeah. It's like lately. There's been coyotes, you know, and stuff like that, so, yeah. Our house is really quiet now with two less dogs. Uh, I'm not crying, I'm choking on spice. I hope my wife decides to breed Lafitte really soon. When they breed, how many uh, puppies do you get? Pups do you get? For, Probably for like five. Salutes? Okay. Four, That's a four, lot. Six. Yeah. You want to keep one male and one female. Then get rid of it. Give the rest of the, whoever the sire is and use the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> 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 